Drew. Yes. With a $200 million budget and a $55 million opening weekend with 66% on Rotten Tomatoes. We've got so many weekends to, to make it up. <laughs> we, we do. We do. We're talking about The Flash tonight. We're going to get in the Speed we Force. We're going to go back to opening weekend and we're just going to repeat opening weekend Four more times. And then they'll have made their money back. Yeah, absolutely. This is set to be one of DC's biggest losses financially. It's made, it's going, it's on track to make less money than Black Adam. Um, Wow. Which is saying something. Well, The Rock does have a really big pool. (laughs) Sure, yeah. Um, We get to see this movie together, which I greatly appreciated and enjoyed. You only shushed me one time uh, when I went, ah, when there was a big cameo, which uh, that's less than what you did the last movie we saw together, um, John Wick 4, I believe. Uh, So I appreciate that about you. There's so much that goes into this movie. First off, I think this movie's been in development for like 10 years. I'm I'm pretty sure that's accurate. That it's been like in developmental hell for 10 years. And it went through like three or four different directors, which was already not great. It went through a studio, a head of studio change. um, And then... As it's starting to, like, filming and it's kind of starting to pick up speed, like, guys, you're gonna actually going to see this movie now. Then the star gets arrested, like, ten times yeah. for doing outlandish things. And you're just like, what? what? Why is this snake-bitten franchise? Like, why is this movie so snake-bitten? Yeah. Why can't it do anything right? Um, and arguably, they shouldn't have cast Ezra Miller as The Flash in the first place because... He's really bad. Problematic. At, at, at playing The Flash. Well, also problematic, but also not a good actor, I don't think. And also doesn't fit who I think Barry Allen, who I read Barry Allen as in the comic books, um, I guess. So we're talking Flash. I think you really like this movie, and I think I really didn't like this movie. So I'm excited to hear your point of view to see if it's changed any since we walked out of the theater for uh, a couple con- nights For ago. context, everybody should know that The Flash is my favorite superhero. So yeah, there, there's going to be a little bit of just bias towards me, but I, I try to approach it at, you know as objectively as possible. I'm not saying it's the best movie, all right? I'm not even saying it's the best movie to come out this year in the top ten. Like, but it's a it it's a good movie. I'm not mad. I spent money on it. I'd go see it again. Yeah, I would classify myself as not being mad that I spent money on. If you were to look at Abed's scale of movies, I think this is a good, bad movie. It is a bad movie, but it's a good time. I could buy... I could buy some of that. I could hear that argument. Not selling Mm -hmm. out to it yet. Sure, sure. Let's get into some of the good stuff, if you will. Start with the good stuff. When I was thinking about the best part about this movie, it is also so wrapped into the bad stuff about this movie that I was like, boy, how do I talk about all of the cameos in this movie? Because most of them were CGI'd and CGI'd really poorly at that. And the director has come out and said the CGI is supposed to be bad. Like it was purposefully bad because he's like running through the he's running backwards and is not seeing things super clearly. And like, sure, that's a good excuse for bad CGI, but I I don't think I don't think that is a good decision to make. I think that you probably could have just done a better job CGIing everybody into this movie that you did. Did did you feel the same? No, I I saw the CGI, especially like as it fits into how they do the the speed force, like when he comes and stops 
and he's stopping at a moment in time, you're not seeing the real life people, right? You're seeing like a weird blurred, distorted, uh, like Sims from 2000 animation uh, type of, of reality. And I liked that because it made it feel less permanent. It made time feel more malleable. Um, that he's like, oh, as he's moving things, like these people are being distorted, they're being changed. So when you see the the bad CGI, I was there for it. It didn't take me out of the movie. I'll tell you that I didn't even like think about it as the bad CGI until you brought it up right now. Really? Yeah. Okay, that's wild. Because Nick, Cage, I'm so glad they got Nick Cage into this movie, but also wow, what he that like we're seeing a de-aged Harrison Ford. Uh, and only in trailers thus far, but apparently they made a whole flipping movie with it. Yeah. It's like, what are we, what are we, we couldn't have gotten that technology over here to do this, I don't guess. Um, then I really enjoyed, uh. Um, it would have blown their $2 million budget. They didn't have room for that. $200 million. $200 million budget. Um, I really liked Iris West, uh, in this movie. Small part, but she makes a reference to the Snyder Cut, uh, which I thought was interesting. Um, and because uh, when she says something like, no, I feel like we ran into each other for like a brief moment earlier. And you don't see that in the original cut of the Justice League. Yeah. So I thought that was kind of like a nice little nod uh, to uh, to the uh, Snyder cut. I also really love the fact that I love Harry that she, realizes... I love that she covered it up with like the weirdest line ever that a normal person would say. Of like, oh, maybe I was just thinking about you then. It's like, you mean a person you hadn't seen in five years? And you're just yeah. like, oh, maybe I was just thinking about you. It's like, stop being so weird. Nobody says that. Yeah. Sounds like something a hooker uh, would say. I really like that the way that Barry Allen finds out he's in an alternate universe and he's messed up the time-space continuum is that Eric Stoltz was the star of yes. Back to the Future. Yes. I thought that was such a great cut. Yeah. That was such a great when, cut. When he finds out that all of his favorite movie stars from the 80s and 90s are different. It's like that was that was yes. pretty good. The other thing I loved about him finding out things about this other new reality is when he loses his power, he finds out he's lost his power by just dumbly running around the foyer in the stupidest way possible. And I sure. love that because they're making a nod to like, yeah, he runs super fucking weird. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was nice to see that in like a real life setting of like what it must look like when you're actually on set and you're just like, God, this guy is going to look so dumb. We're going to have to CGI the hell out of this. <laughs> That's funny. And CGI the heck out of him they did because uh, his, his suit was changed. It's updated, uh, yep. which was nice. Uh, but it's also very sh- – it reminded me a lot of Green Lantern's suit. It's very – it's all CGI, um, which I actually liked it. I thought it was good. Um, but I think the best Flash suit comes at the end of the movie when Barry 2 <laughs> saws off the Batman ears yeah. and creates the, the Batman Flash suit. I really liked that scene, too. Um, some, of those, uh, some of those cameos I was talking about, um, getting to see Nick Cage Superman, I freaked out. Yeah. I just kind of told you that backstory of the Superman uh, movie that was never made with Nick Cage. Yeah, the fact that we um, talked about it organically right before that happened. And right. I, I had no idea that was going to be in there, and I don't think you yeah, did either. And the fact that no. we were just happened to be like, oh, you know what some of our favorite lore about superhero movies? Ha ha ha, what about this? And then it happened two hours later. It's like, <gasps> yeah, are we God? So for, <laughs> for, the, 
for the for the listener who might have missed that reference, twenty years ago, Tim Burton and Nick Cage were set to make a Superman movie together, and there was some producer at Warner Brothers can't remember his name now, but it was dead set on that Superman has to fight a huge gigantic spider at the end of the movie, and uh, and Nick Cage and, and Tim Burton are going like, or I think Kevin Smith wrote the script, and I think I've heard Kevin Smith talk about it, and he was like. But uh, we have all these really good like villains like Brainiac and Lex Luthor. He's like, no, no, no it's got to be a giant spider, robot spider. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think originally it was just a giant spider, and then when that fell apart, that movie fell apart. That pr- producer goes on to make Wild Wild West with Will Smith, where he fights a giant robot spider in the yeah. desert at the end of the movie. And it's like, okay, so you just wanted to see a huge spider on screen, man? All right. But that's the movie we almost got, was Nick Cage. So when, when they go to that universe and there's just a giant spider, I immediately went, ah, it's going to be Nick Cage. And they, they gave him the slow turn at the end to see his face. That was great. That was fantastic. Uh, seeing, seeing Christopher Reeve um, as Superman again, Helen Slater, although, again, poorly CGI'd. Um, and then George Reeves, who was the original, mm-hmm. original Superman. Um, and there's the old guy who played The Flash, too. What's his name? Jay Garrick, maybe. That's sure. right. Yeah. Yep. I think that's right. Adam West was in there for a, yep. a hot second. Um, those cameos I thought were really fun, and I don't know if that if that's the best part of your movie, but I don't know if it's a good movie or not. But I very much enjoyed them, and I thought that was the best part of the movie. And then I also really liked Sasha Kaya, who uh, played Supergirl or Superwoman or. Kara Danvers. Uh, she was great in this in this movie. I really liked uh, the the kind of twist of him going to try to find Superman and he just finds a decrepit old woman there and yeah. takes her out into the sun and all of a sudden she's she's Supergirl. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, and I thought that was a really interesting take on the character. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought that that was pretty cool and it's also a nice way to being like, hey, Henry Cavill is fired, so, you know. Yeah, we got to get somebody else, and I know that was probably planned well well before that ever happened. But just kind of a, you know, for the audience, it's like in case you were wondering, he's not back, and he does not get a cameo either. Like you get nothing. They did show his silhouette like rising up out of the out of the sky at one point in time. It's like clearly him. Yeah, because uh, it's the same silhouette they've been using in like the last four movies that yeah. he's not appeared in. Uh, um, the one thing about her character, and I get that, like, hey, at some point we don't have time to create the backstory of eight oh, new characters, yeah. but mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. she makes a switch real quick. Like, she decides, hey, this guy saved me. He was nice, but uh, Zod is Kryptonian, and I got to go be with my people. Bye. Yeah. Strolls up, watches Zod kill, like, one person, and she is like, no, he's evil. I need to go back to the only other person I know who is related to the race that like locked me in a cage, but like I, I'm over that mm-hmm. now. It's like, wow, really? Yeah. Like you, you did a lot of emotional processing like real quick. Beyond that, not only does she just decide I'm going to go back to Barry, she goes back to find Barry electrocuted and dying in a chair. And without asking any questions or doing any detective work, just picks him up and flies him up into the sky into the clouds to be electrocuted again. And I was like, I, boy, I halfway thought speeding past some stuff here. I halfway thought she might just laser beam him right then, just to be like, I'll put you. <laughs> oh, you're trying to kill yourself? Like, here, let me help. Um, put you out of your misery. Yeah. yeah, but also like, hey, you know all those chemicals he had to be like doused in in order to, you know, the yep. lightning to work. 
oh man, it'd be a shame if I just took him through a rain shower and washed all those off. <laughs> and then and then just electrocuted him for no freaking we- reason. Yeah, yeah. Can't believe that worked. That's what I was saying. Every good part about this movie has got like a caveat of like, but also, like Michael Keaton is Batman. Fun to see him back. I thought he I think he got a good nice little way of uh riding off into the sunset, dying seventy-eight different times for the for a good cause, yeah, which is wow. what this Keaton needed, this Batman needed. But also his opening scene, which I think you missed because you were going to the bathroom at this point in time. But it's him with the mop fighting both of the berries in the kitchen. And it is just like very clearly not Michael Keaton. Because it's a really long wig that's covering his face as he's doing all these jabs and stuff. And I'm just like, man, it was super lame. (laughs) Super, super lame. And he doesn't want to help Barry Allen but then Barry mentions Alfred's name, and then all of a sudden he's like, "And I'll go fight crime now. Let's get nuts." Okay, well, yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen this logic work in DC universes before. It's like all you got to mention is the right name. You just say the one name, and, they get and then they're like, "Why did you say that name?" And now, like, we're best friends. <laughs> that's all it. That's all it takes. Yeah. This is a classic yeah. repeat. And they even created an entire character where all he has to do is say his own name. And now he's a superhero. Yeah. True. So, like, man, they're really into names over there. Big time. (laughs) Names are important. I just don't get it, man. This this whole franchise is so weird. It's so weird and so poorly run. (laughs) Just wanted to see Um, Michael Shannon stab somebody 40 times. That was cool. Yeah. Um, And then... Oh, uh, can you remind me the domino effect of the Stoltz guy being Marty McFly? And he brings up, what about uh, Michael J. Fox? And they said, oh, Top Gun? Or what was the thing? What was the oh, my God. Yeah, Gun? they did mention him as maybe being a Top Gun. And he was like, no, that's Tom Cruise. And then uh, I can't remember where else they went from that. That domino effect of him realizing all the great movies he's changed. Oh, and then he was like, you mean Han so Solo? Funny. And he's like, no, that's Harrison Ford. And then he was something else, too. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember that. I was, man, all your brain is so big. It keeps all those quotes in, but it couldn't remember that, huh? No, I was I was That's too fine. caught up. Uh, I also, were, I, liked, caught up. I liked the way that Michael Keaton described time, and he just did it with spaghetti. Sure. I, it's one of my favorite things about time travel movies, is at some point, they're going to explain to you how it works. Sure. But they always have to come up with a device like a storytelling device mm-hmm. so that the audience can understand it. And they all use different ones. And a lot of times they actually acknowledge the ones that other people do. And they're like, you've probably yeah. heard that time's a straight line. Well, you're wrong. Like, you know, or you've probably heard that time's a flat circle. It's like also wrong. Like, yeah. This one, I think they took a shot at the MCU, if I'm not wrong, if I'm not mistaken. It's like a lot of people think that different timelines are like branched off a singular time. Yeah. That's not it. Like, yeah. Okay. They, tell me, Michael. They, he he specifically said branch. And he's like, you know what yeah. the entire MCU is trying to do with like their multiverse yeah. and branch? Yeah. He's like, that's wrong. That's that's all of that's wrong. And then they straight up just stole the incursions from the MCU where planets are colliding. It's It looked almost exactly like Kang's little diagram did of planets just falling into each other. Mm-hmm. Um, that was weird. Uh, did you have another good thing before we get to all the bad? I've kind of just been hitting them simultaneously, actually. 
Is there anything uh, you really like? Because I did not really like Ezra Miller's performance. I did also not like Ezra Miller's performance. I thought uh, the mom was captivating. She was only in a couple scenes and was great. She was stealing them. Very sweet. Very kind. Just a hot mom. Okay, yeah, that too. It's oh, is that not what you were getting not at? Not what I was getting at. Oh, okay, my bad. What were you going? I'm with you. Yeah, whatever you said. Yeah, sure, yeah. Um, I will say when they introduce Kronos, who like comes out of time and like punches Barry out of the Speed Force, like I knew who he was. So I was like, the moment his eyes popped up, I was like, okay, I get what's about to happen here. Um, but I love that you not knowing who he was just also said like halfway through, you're like, so like he punches himself out of the speed force, right? I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't realize that you knew, I didn't realize that that is, is that like flash lore? Yeah. It's like one of the, yeah. Other bad guys is he fights himself. Oh, wow. Do they both run There's only so many people that can run really fast, Kyle. There's only so many people that run really fast. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So when that happened, I was like, well, that's definitely him from the future. But we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, And then as soon as Barry 2 got the thing stuck in his arm, I was like, yeah, that's uh, that's him. There it goes. (laughs) That's how this ends. Yep. Oh, Um, oh, oh. No, no, no. I don't know how we're going to skip over the absolute best part of the whole movie was okay. the fight scene to the raconteurs. Yeah, that was pretty good. Because when good. when they were like, let's do it, and then Salute Your Solution started playing in the background, I was like, oh, yeah. oh, oh, this is my favorite. That was great. Yeah, that was great. And that was, uh, that was comic book hero meets, comic book hero from high school meets soundtrack from high school, all in the same theater. Mm-hmm. 15 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah, can't, uh, can't beat it. Um, you can beat it with a lot of other things, but it was fun. It was solid. Uh, also, when did he get the power to zap people by putting his fingers together? Is that well, a thing? Well, he's always generated electricity. That's why he needed the special suit. The, the like, completing the circuit was new, uh, but okay. I've seen, him, I've seen him do it where, like, he runs around and then, like, throws it. Like, he oh, kind of wow, just, okay. he runs, builds up, and comes to a stop and just kind of, like, like a discus thrower almost, like, throws it off his arm. Mm. Uh, that, the, the, like, run around and, like, I can, Emperor Palpatine you was new. Yeah, I think he even actually at one point did say, at one point in time did say Palpatine. <laughs> yeah, it, right? yeah. Yeah, that was funny. Um, also, the reveal that Barry 2 learns how his mom dies or whatever, I thought that was pretty terrible. Um, but... Also, he gets over that real fast. I do have one other good one. They keep coming to me in waves. Um, the other thing I really liked about this movie was that we got an origin story without it being a traditional origin story, right? Yeah. You got to see the backstory of a character and you know his trauma or whatever, but then you also got to see that character. Like, you got to see the beginning of Spider-Man 1 where Tobey Maguire's uncle dies and then you also got to see the end of spider-man 2 where toby mcguire learns how to be spider-man and like himself at the same time like you got to see him grow up and experience his past trauma at the same time through because mm-hmm. he's two different people at two different ages uh so when you watch his mom die you're like oh that's really sad and then you also watch him talk to younger self and he was like you have to shut up is this what people are talking about like (laughs) yeah yeah that was funny yeah 
No, I like that. Uh, and also, I thought as bad as some of the CGI was in this movie, this the scenes where they were sharing the screen together, Ezra Miller and Ezra Miller too, those were really well done. And I don't, I assume that can't be like the easiest thing in Hollywood to pull off. If Lindsay uh, Lohan can do it in 1994, <laughs> anybody can do it. Well, and a lot of times they'll just show you like they'll have like an over the shoulder shot, so you see the back of one of their heads. Yeah, um, and it's usually a stand in. This one, like, most of the time you're seeing both of their faces, which I thought was, I'm sure that was a lot of the $200 million was getting all of that rendered correctly. Um, but yeah, no, I thought that, that was, they did a good job with that. And then um, seeing Keaton fight again was a lot of fun. Um, also, there were some fun nods to the little bag that laughs yeah. from, uh, from Keaton's Joker movie. And then he asked them how much they weigh before he blows up the elevator or whatever. Which, if I'm not mistaken, is a callback to the first uh, Keaton Batman movie. I'm 95% sure that's a callback from the first Keaton movie. So there's a lot of fun nods um, in a movie that was a lot of fun, but also not, from a storytelling standpoint, I was just kind of like, boy, we're blowing through some stuff here. Now, they had a lot to to draw on, because this is from the Flashpoint uh, uh, comic run, yeah. Right? Which yeah. is where he goes back. If if I'm not mistaken, doesn't he go back in time and uh, to save his mom, or whatever? But he finds out that uh, Bruce Wayne is actually the one in this timeline who gets shot and dies in the alley, and Thomas Wayne Thomas takes Wayne. over. Yeah, so he's more of like an angry killer bat yeah. than anything. And also, Superman lands in the wrong place, so he's not there. And then, like, there's a yep. war between Thermoscara. Themyscira and Atlantis. Atlantis, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like that's that's what I was really excited about. I was like, man, let's show like some of this crazy. And then they're like, it's Zod. And I was like, no, yeah, yeah, that was. But at least we got Wonder Woman for like nine seconds. Sure, that was a confusing. That was a bad, also, ben Affleck, bad part of the movie. Yeah, Ben Affleck being in this movie for the first scene. Um, oh, we didn't talk about the first scene. Okay, wow. Um, yeah, Ben Affleck being in this movie I thought was interesting. I don't think... He was talking about how he nailed it this time through as Batman. I was like, I didn't see that same... He must have seen a different cut of this movie than I did. Because I did not think he nailed it as Batman. Could be wrong. Um, but that first scene when he's catching all the babies as they're flying out of the air. And putting one in a microwave. Yeah. Like, that was a pretty fun scene. Yeah, when when he there's so there were a lot of fun parts about this movie like that mm-hmm. when he looks up and he goes, "Oh my god, it's a baby shower." I was like, "That's too funny." And then when like he's doing the oh, "I've got to save the day," and you think he's gonna dive and save the baby, instead he dives into the vending machine so he can like recharge mm-hmm. his calories. It's like that's hilarious. And then he, he put a baby in a microwave, which was yeah. uh, just don't do that. To be clear, we don't sure. support we don't support that here. Yeah, right. Um, that was a fun scene. Also, that CGI I was just like, boy. So we're not going to try with the f- opening scene of the movie. All right. If you remember what the Quicksilver scene was, looked like from the from the X Men Origin movies, like they did that really cool. And there's some really cool ways of doing that. And this this was not that. <laughs> this was like, hey, we're kind of goofy CGI. And I was like, all right, maybe I'm here for it. And I don't think I was. I made no, this. No, I've had time to process. I made this comment to you as well as we left the theater, but also in that opening scene, 
Ezra Miller, the Flash, is talking to uh, Jeremy Irons, Alfred, and he is complaining about how he's like, I understand that I'm basically the janitor of the Justice League. And he's doing that while he's picking up wires and stuff and just laying them on top of each other in some random order. And I understand that it's really hard to show dialogue between people when one of them is moving at the speed of light. But also, if you have the ability to move at the speed of light, why not just pick it the f- up and then have your conversation? Like, we just all this spend, spend the blink of an eye to pick up all of those things and then go back outside and talk to him. I don't know. Sure. I'd like, I don't want to tell also, you how to use your superpowers, but like, <laughs> if your whole thing is super speed, wouldn't it be like all about efficiency? I don't know. He so he catches ten babies and one nurse falling out of the thirtieth and a dog of this building and a dog. I want to know: was there anybody else in that building? Nope. <laughs> that he couldn't save because he was putting the wires on top of each other while having a conversation with them. Like there had to at least have been one other person in that whole hospital that saw their demise because he. Uh, it was not properly charged with his breakfast. At this point, who's not trusting Alfred anymore? When he's like, <laughs> oh, by my calculations, like, this is about to happen. They're like, look, Alfred, I'm looking right at it. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Can we get a second opinion here? Yeah, I mean, what are you, some kind of structural engineer? I don't think you know what, oh, it's all, the whole thing's collapsing. <laughs> oh, oh, no, you were right. Oh, no. I also laughed at, oh. you know, when the, the MacGuffin of the briefcase from you know, whatever is about to fall into the river and Alfred, just to set the stakes for the audience, is like, if yes. if those fall into the water, it'll take out a third of Gotham, like, instantly. It's like, what the f- Okay. Wait, where did that come from? Yeah. And then we never heard about it again. No, like, well, what? Batman, he nailed it. Like Ben Affleck said, he nailed it. <laughs> Yeah, this movie is so, so not a good, good movie. Diana, not well written. Wonder Woman shows up to save the day with her lasso of truth, and then yeah, the camera just zooms in on her for way too long. Like they just started the shot way too far away. Like I'm I'm in for the zoom up shot, and then they just started it, and then it got to a timing that she looked like she was like I need to speak, and then she realized they weren't there yet, and so she was. Like, oh. <laughs> I then waited another no. three seconds and was like, my high boys. The director, the director stopped her and he's like, no, no, we have to do that. Yeah. little crazy guitar solo that happens every time. It doesn't make any sense. And then she's just Team Rocket blasting off again. Just out of here. So supposedly, when this movie aired at CinemaCon or one of those other ones, the last scene of the movie is you just see somebody getting out of a limo and shutting the door. And then Barry says, who the F is that? Um, in this movie, you see George Clooney get out of the limo, reprising his role as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Those movies we all love and adore. Yeah. Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, whatever the other one was called. And uh, which I thought was really funny uh, because I think that just that just kind of cemented the fact of like, oh, we're in a zany, weird universe again. It's not the one you know. Yeah. Um, but... Uh oh! Originally, apparently, they filmed two sh- two other scenes, um, which was Michael Keaton getting out of the limo again at the end, and then the other one, apparently, was shot with uh, Sasha. Oh crud! Sasha. Oh Sasha Baron Cohen. The other one is with Supergirl, uh, Henry Cavill, Superman, 
and Michael Keaton's Batman and Wonder Woman all showing up at the courthouse together. That's a rumor, but apparently people saw set photos or something. I don't know. Um, but then apparently James Gunn pulled that uh, ending because he didn't want to like promise something to the fans that he didn't think he was going to deliver on later on with another movie, which I can appreciate James Gunn doing that. Um, unlike what they did with Justice League, where they got all our hopes up and then just went, never mind, this no, is all done. It's different, no, it's different, it's different anymore. now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, with this, I think I think Warner Brothers and James Gunn in particular are in a really weird spot. Because they just lost a bunch of money making this Batwoman movie that never is going to air. That is yep. never going to see the light of day. Then they had Shazam and Black Adam flop pretty bad. This movie's come out and it's going to flop. Uh, this, or it may, may end up making its money back. It may break even at some point. Um, it would take a large jump to do that at this point. And they've got Ezra Miller, who has gone through a lot of legal troubles. Ugh. And they have this opportunity to hit the hard reset. Because they put him in this different universe with George Clooney's there. And oh, wow, everything's good and fun. But you are, at that point, just leaving this character off on a different in a different universe. And you're kind of hitting reset on a new one. Unless, hear me out here, Andy Muschietti, or however you say the director's name, has been tapped to direct Batman, The Brave and the Bold, which is going to be one of the first new DCU movies um, after Superman. And it is stated that Batman is going to be an older Batman in this movie, and he's uh, he's trying to raise Damian uh, Wayne, his no, son, okay. uh, in the movie. So do you think there's a chance that this was them confirming George Clooney is back as Batman? Wow. <laughs> That'd be amazing. No, I don't yeah. think so. Uh, but yeah, I don't either. I don't, I don't think George Clooney would, is going to put on the rubber nipples again, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. No one wants that. No. But um, the, the post-coded scene when he is hanging out with uh, Arthur Curry as Aquaman oh, yeah. and... Um, that I I think they put that in there to show you like Barry went back and reset it to like a a, a normal timeline, like he he found a way oh. because he talked about like I went to all these different alternate universes and and he was like and there were all these different Batman's and he's like but what is I there and he's like yeah you you were always the same like furry lovable. But like he, he kept talking about how all the different Batmans were different. So maybe he's in a different timeline there. Maybe he's like found his original timeline, but like set his dad free from prison. I don't know. Um, but Which they is also not true because in the in the Barry Two timeline, he calls Arthur Curry's dad, and he's never heard of he's never heard of Arthur Curry or the Queen of Atlantis or whatever. It's like okay, you just pick one, pick one of yeah, these things, and make correct. It true. But uh, I think he just means like in the timeline where he's born. I don't know. But I did love that Django Fett made made a cameo appearance as well. That was fun. Sure. Yeah. Good to see him again. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement. Bad movie. Um. Oof, man, the worst part about it was Ezra Miller, which is a problem. Sure. He's yeah because a- he's the main character and he's not only the main character he's also the second main character and so you're just getting so much of him um i did think that he did a good job of moving the character forward in a way that i actually liked watching barry allen grow he's also just 
so infuriating to watch. So sure. Uh, yeah, that that's the hardest part to get over. I I can't fault you for that. I can't fault you for getting not for that being tough to get over because I feel like of my two favorite superheroes, Captain America and Superman, I think I've gotten a great actor to portray them in my lifetime and I've really enjoyed watching those movies. Henry Cavill, I think is great and anybody can come find me in that afterwards. I've gotten to see them on the big screen and I've enjoyed every second of it. That was great. I can't imagine your favorite superhero being on the big screen and being a dud like Ezra Miller. So, um, man, I'm really glad it's you and not me. I guess. Yeah. I was kind of upset that we didn't get like a Brandon Routh, um, shot as Superman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there was even the dude from Lois and Clark was in there for a hot second. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. No Brandon Routh. That's interesting. Or, uh, the guy who's playing Superman on the CW or whatever. Sure. Why not? <laughs> Did you know there's someone currently playing Superman on TV? I sure didn't. Yeah. I was unaware. Yeah, yeah. It's probably time for all these superhero TV shows to end, if I had to guess. At least the ones on the CW. Yeah. yeah. But no, um, no uh, guy from Smallville either, I don't think. No. Also not him. Which is also a bummer. Mm. Tom Welling. Wow. His name's Tom Welling. Look at that. Out of nowhere. So, Drew, in agreement, terrible movie, awful, no good movie, never want to see it again. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. Hey, valiant effort, good try, good effort. You had some fun moments. We could we could have done better. Uh, we could have made a reference to the fact that the dad in this movie is the guy from Office Space, who at one point yeah. references the movie of Superman 2. Uh, wow. Okay, yeah. Like, let's get... We, we have... Ways to do deep cuts here. Like, help me. Sure. Also, he's not the same dad that was portrayed in the Justice League. Also that. Also, they changed dads. But we yeah, couldn't change but, Ezra but... Miller's. <laughs> <laughs> there were... <laughs> that was great. You ready to wrap up or no? You have more? No. I'm, I mean, I'm like like Barry Allen... Anytime he sees a wall, I'm ready to phase out of this. Um, How long have you been sitting on that? I just thought about it, but I got really excited. <laughs> That's terrible. I liked. I so liked when he fa- I like when he phased out and he went and stole the beer and he phased back in and oh, then it exploded on. Him. I was like, yeah, okay, little things like that. You know, the more that we talk about it, it's a two and a half hour movie. No, it's like two hours and forty minutes, something like that. Like it's a long movie, and there are some good fun bits packed in there. Just also a lot of Ezra Miller being uncomfortably weird. Yeah, when um, Barry when Barry one tells Barry two like trying to teach him like how to use his powers, and he's like, you can't touch other people, but like you can touch like things. He's like, for example, you can't move a baby, but you can move a microwave. Uh, but then yeah. later Barry two moves him, and he goes, "What did you do?" And he goes, "I only moved you a little bit." And then he just throws up like immediately. It's like, all right, that's also funny. Like, good job, everybody. And then oh, Batman and had some true. of the coolest fight scenes. He did, yes, that's true. And when he gives Barry to the ring, he goes, "My precious." I yeah, that was funny. Too. Yeah, yeah. So apparently, Lord of the Rings didn't get changed in that universe, but but uh, Back to the Future did. Yeah, man. I hope Andy Serkis still got all the roles that he was supposed to have. <laughs> and that'll do it for this episode of Not the Podcast. 